Boom. Welcome to Grown Dad Business, friends. Uh, today, very special podcast uh, with Dr. G, Dr. Deborah Gilboa, a uh, friend I met doing uh, local Pittsburgh television. But uh, what's really cool is she, she spoke all over the country. She's been on the Today Show, Good Morning America, The, Do- the Doctors, uh, Rachel Ray. She's, she's featured in you know Washington Post. But uh, what's really neat is also she 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 started off as a, a theater actor and went to Second City. We dig into it a little bit about that. Um, little quick blurb about uh, Second City. You can uh, listen to that blurb on patreon.com slash Aaron Clyro. It'll be a special little bonus part. Um, it'll be really exciting uh, to learn about that. It's just fascinating that, you know, now that she's a practicing, you know, family doctor. Um but also has all kinds of resources on our website and things like that. Um, but it was just, it was cool to pick her brain about my kids and talk about her four sons, literally four sons in middle school and high school. It's, <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, but no, I just want to say uh, thanks again. Go check out uh, uh, askdrg.com. Um, really fun conversation today. Uh, but I also want to say, thank uh, and give shout outs to everybody supporting on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Aaron Cliver. It's a way to monthly support uh, artists and creative people that you love, like me, maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to put as much stuff as I can on there. You get podcast video. If you're watching this right now, you know. Thank you. Uh, you get to watch the video. Um, and you can watch videos of my past guests, uh, like Bob Saget, Tammy Pescatelli, Brad Williams. Um, and also some bonuses. Like I said, the bonus with me and Dr. G talking about uh, how going to Second City helped her parent, learning improv comedy, helping her parent. Pretty pretty dope, because uh, I feel like, oh, good, comedy is helping me be a good parent. Um, all, but so thank you, patreon.com slash Aaron Cliver for supporting on that. If you would like all the links, you can find them. Um, also, big shout out to uh, my dude, Kid Mental, for the beats on the show, go to uh, kidmental.com. He also has a Patreon where you could be a, a, a beat junkie and get all kinds of uh, beats and songs, custom theme songs. So go check out kidmental.com, my guy. Uh, also, if you go check out growndadshirts.com, Kid Mental is also an incredible artist. Help me design uh, my grown dad shirts, growndadshirts.com. Um, you can save 15% at GrownDadShirts.com with uh, coupon code GDB15. And uh, like I'm wearing right now my Be Kind, Be Funny shirt. There's some uh, fun hip-hop inspired uh, dad shirts and some other funny things on there. Um, so GrownDadShirts.com, coupon code GDB15. And uh, I could not tell you about my shirts without telling you about Ink Division. Uh, go check out Ink-Division.com. They print uh, all my apparel, but they, they service nationwide. And, uh, during the pandemic, they're still trying to help out, uh, entrepreneurs and entertainers, musicians, comedians, uh, go hit them up, tell them I sent you and, uh, your first bulk order of apparel, uh, you can get some money off. Just let them know that Aaron from grown dad business sent you ink dash division.com. Uh, also huge shout out, uh, to, uh, Mary Mac. Go check out uh, MaryMacPodcast.com. She recently sent me uh, this month a box of baked things and cooking things. She's incredible. It's like the aunt, uh, the aunt I never had that that just bakes and bakes and makes you eat. Uh, she's wonderful. Um, I got my favorite chicken rub from Mary Mac. That's how I make my wings. My my daughter is baking everything. I mean, it's such good stuff. The beer bread recipe. It's literally with three meals a week. Uh, so she, her podcast, In the Kitchen with Mary Mac, uh, MaryMacPodcast.com, at MaryMacBakehouse. Go check her out. I, I'm thinking we need to work on like a box, like a grown bake box. That's what we're going to do. Not grown baked box. Like that would be in, like that would be like like if I had a cannabis sponsor. <laughs> but uh, but I do have a shout out for uh, my favorite CBD need sponsor, um, TheHiveDistro.com. Uh, you can find all your CBD needs on there. CBD is the non-psychoactive uh, ingredient of hemp and cannabis, not the THC. Um, I personally love using Elixicure. It's, uh, you know, oint- ointments, uh, you know, that you has CBD infused uh, ingredients. Really helpful for arthritis, any back pain, shoulders. My wife loves it. 
we prefer lavender. Um, but there's also all kinds of other things. There's bath bombs. There's coffee on there. Uh, a bunch of different CBD uh, products all selected. TheHiveDistro.com. And uh, with the coupon code GROWN, G-R-O-W-N, you can save 20%. $75 or more, you get free shipping. Uh, tons of stuff that I can endorse on there, uh, like I said. Um, I also use their, their man butter, which is organic deodorant. I love it. Uh, so thank you for everybody who supports, um, go check out these people that are so supportive and, uh, grab something. You guys, thank you so much once again. Um, and Hey, uh, I just want to let you know, uh, my Friday night live happy hour show will be coming back, uh, Friday. Um, I'm literally looking it up. Oh, September 4th. It's the Friday of Labor Day weekend. I hope it rains so you can sit inside with me and have a happy hour. But it's kind of like going to be my season two premiere after a couple week break. Uh, So, yeah, come back for that September 4th, uh, Friday Night Live, streaming 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Periscope. Going to have dope guests for the season premiere of season two of that because... You know, I don't know when live performance is coming back. Uh, A couple here and there, outdoors. It's fun, but we'll see what happens. Uh, You guys, enjoy the podcast with Dr. G. And uh, be kind, be funny. We're doing it. Granddad Business with Aaron Caliber. That's my dad. Hello. Underpants? That is hilarious. Just your mouth, dude. Rate and review this podcast while my daddy will go into a deep depression. Boom. Dr. G, welcome to Granddad Business. Thank you. Hi. I, uh, this is, uh, you know, I was thinking about it. Episode, this is like episode 207. First doctor, I think. First doctor. Oh, that's because we're terrible to talk to. <laughs> no, I, I was thinking, I'm like, you know, I have this podcast called Granddad Business and it's kind of about kids and comedy and Sometimes it's serious. Never got serious with a doctor, but you're not that serious of a doctor. So I mean, I am seriously a doctor. I'm still paying off my med school loans 20 years right. later, but so that's serious. Yeah, I know. That's but I'm paying but, off. I'm paying off degrees that I no longer use. Also, yeah. But yeah. I, well, I'm definitely still using this. I definitely yeah, try to make my patients laugh more than I make them cry. So yeah, I know. I um. So okay, this is so so. I think I was, I think I was, you're typing your name in and I was like, do I, I think I was like putting in my phone, like, should be Dr. G or Deb, Deb G, what? So Dr. G is the thing, like that's. It is the thing, it started at my office. So I'm at a federally qualified health center here in Pittsburgh in yeah. Squirrel Hill. And people would call the front desk when we first opened, I was going out doing talks around to let people know the health center existed, just do some public service announcement kind of talks, yeah. like, you know, here's high blood pressure and why it's terrible. And um, and people would call the health center having seen me talk or read something that was in the paper and they would ask for Dr. Jill, 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 and so our front staff just started saying Dr. G. And that was 14 years ago and it stuck. Yeah. I uh, I also kind of laughed too, cause I was trying to, I was trying to Google you. Uh, cause people have a hard time Googling. They're like Aaron Keebler. I'm like, whatever. Um, I love those cookies. Yeah, uh, but no, I uh, I also was trying to spell uh, Deb, De- it's Deborah. Yes. It's not Deborah. No, it's, it's biblical. It's my parents Deborah. were also serious. <laughs> um, I, I put that in my phone because I like Deborah. I like that. Nice. Um, but no, I, I uh, originally we met uh, being guests on Pittsburgh Today Live, the morning show. Yeah. And, you know, what, what, what was so funny to me, uh, was that like you you were more funny than you were a doctor like I think for the first like 20 minutes of talking to you I'm like why are you on the show you're not what you're not a doctor you're fun like a fun mom like, <laughs> uh, but you have four boys I do although means- I have to say now I have one grown adult son he's 18 as of a few months ago oh. and then a 
15 year old who's turning 16 this month look out on the roads and a 13 year old and an 11 year old. I'm just taking oh, a moment of silence. I gotta tell you, people should be paying for your video streaming surface just to see the stunned look on your face right now. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, yeah, you can watch the video on patreon.com slash Aaron Cliver. Uh, yeah, because if you're only listening to this, you, you missed out on an amazing look. Because <laughs> I, I just, having three kids, like I have three little ones, like under 12. My 12-year-old at this point, my 12-year-old oldest girl, she's might as well be 30 with a master's degree. I mean, She's like your co-parent. Yeah, totally. Well. Okay, that's one thing that's super helpful. It's, I mean, she reached a point where she's she's super smart and responsible, but also now she's like, um, excuse me, I pay for this loft apartment. Like, who are you? Like, I. <laughs> right. So when kids are in are like elementary school in that solidly seven or eight year old, Dad, what are you doing? Can I come too? Can I help? Can I it's like having a puppy, right? They meet you at the door. They yeah. want to eat the chip in your hand or in your mouth. Yes. They want to watch you every second. They don't care if they're watching you pee. Like they just want to be with you. And True. then puberty is this experience of transitioning to owning a cat who you walk in and they're like, who gave you the keys? Oh, but wait, before you leave, could you open that can of tuna and leave it on the counter? Because, right, and like sometimes they want you to pet them and purr and cuddle, and sometimes they're going to hiss and scratch, and they don't even know which it will be until they do it. You are you are a real doctor. You are at, that is that is exactly. Oh my God, the cat! I'm I'm going to use that as a bit. I think. Well, and the problem for parents is that we come to the door for like the first solid three or four years of our kids' right. puberty and adolescence expecting the puppy, right? And we're hurt when it's not the puppy yeah. and, and the kid is like, what the hell are you heard about? I'm still the same person, right? Like, even if they don't understand, they know they're get the sense they're doing something that disappoints right. us, but they don't, they're just being them. Oh my, okay. Every, every, every five or six minutes, um, we're going to dig into another one of my kids and you're going to give them a personality profile. Um, <laughs> and, and also an, an animal likeness. <laughs> awesome. So never have them listen to this. But so great. far, my 12 year old, Yes, is an attitude kitten. And uh, my five-year-old, we'll get to her later. She's already all the wild animals. Um, no, that's uh, having, having – there's so many things I want to ask you right now. Yeah, no. For people listening, like, you know, it's so funny when people say, like, oh, you're a doctor. Yeah, no, you practice in Pittsburgh. Um, and right, I'm a family doc, so I'm an MD. I'm the person you come see if you have, you know, if, when your kid needs a well child check or right. their asthma acts up or you don't feel good. Right now, I'm the person that you either see on telemedicine mm. uh, because you have something that I can look at but don't need to actually lay hands on the patient, <laughs> or you screw up your courage and put on your mask and come by yourself to my right. office, or if really necessary, we're making house calls, right. um, which is safer for patients. So. We're kind of trying to do it in all the different ways to see what's safest and best right now. So are you looking at a lot of kids with poison ivy on Zoom? <laughs> yes, a lot. I can do that visit in two minutes, 53 seconds. Like, yeah. <laughs> soup to nuts. That's so funny. You're like, you're like, is this a probably a poison ivy call? Okay, three minute max. Uh, yeah. It is exciting that like we, a couple years ago, we, we, we got an old farmhouse with some woods in the back. And this was finally the year that, like, my kids were like, we have woods. Like, we should run through them. So now, like, and like I said, we'll get to the five-year-old. Don't lose your sister. <laughs> yeah, really. No, we're worried about the five-year-old staying and living in the, like, just, she's like the barefoot, you know, just running through the woods, whatever. Okay. Anyway. Uh, but uh, no, no, I, I said you're super legit and I'm excited. We're already a hundred minutes into the show. Thanks, thanks for for talking with me. Because you're like, because you you've done like the Today Show and Good Morning America and the Doctors, um, <laughs> which seems like any doctor should get to do the Doctors, right? Like you're in the club. Yeah, I mean, we're on the list of the Doctors. <laughs> I'm really excited to be here. I had such a good time with you that day on PTL, and I've been following your stuff ever since. And your approach to work and family that is like, hey, it's all really important, but not so serious is really yeah. helpful. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, you know, I feel like uh, I wanna have you on as a guest, but I also like don't want this being our consult, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, am, it's like, am I okay? Am my kids okay? Uh, are me and my wife okay? Like, it's basically like, 
everything that is the subtext of pretty much every question I've ever asked. I know. It's and especially too. I I love I love also too like how you uh, approach like family and kids. It's it's so much a, a mental thing too. And you know my my sister my sister is a uh, she always gets mad at me because I always get her title wrong. But she's she's basically like the the school counselor for the for a school district. Google her. Google I know her. It'll say right there on the website. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, she she also is also posting so much. I mean, that's her job, posting so much like, you know, positive mental, you know, things for kids, especially now. And um, it is it is a weird thing, like all summer long, you know, we're sitting around and like, are we okay? Like, you know, um, like, I don't know, how, how are your boys? Like you have four teenage boys. How are they dealing with like not seeing a lot of friends and just like, and I'm- Well, I mean, there like, is the advantage of, I live with a pack, right? Like yeah. they themselves, they have each other. Uh, mm. I think they might still, cause we have a little home in the city right. and I think they might still be like alone time. What, what is that? How do I get that? Uh, and my eldest is actually moving away this Friday. He moves to another country. So that's Ooh. been- This is, Deb, doc, yeah. doc, we gotta break this down. I'm here for you. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I'm so excited for him. This has been his plan pre-pandemic. This has been his plan for about three years and he made it happen. He uh, graduated from Alderdice High School. So for your Pittsburgh listeners, this is an urban school and he graduated from there. Uh, I mean, Ish graduated from there in March or June, depending on how you look at it. And uh, he has he's going for a year long leadership army readiness program in Israel. And then he will join the Israeli army. So he spent a year in high school, going to Whoa. high school in Israel because he found a free program. Do you know how hard it is to argue with your kids when they find a free overseas program they can do? Anyway, he found that free program. He went for a year. He loved it. He said, I want to come back here after high school. And when kids go to Israel and move there and serve, college then, university then is free there. Yeah. Again, so hard to argue with an 18-year-old who says, but university would be free. Uh, and so he leaves this Friday and he's wow. set himself up. He's got his own bank account. He got all of the paperwork he needed to do. He's, he's doing it. I will say that, listen, just what you just told me and everybody else is a <laughs> testament, honestly, is a testament to some sort of positive parenting because for your son to make that decision at 18 to like, you said like you said Israel, not like Canada. You know what I mean? Like, Although you can't get in there from here now, but yes, I agree. <laughs> I mean, that is a huge deal. I mean, it is, and I think one of the coolest things that I encourage parents. You know, one of the, the the only group of people that I think it's still universally okay to rain down nastiness about are teenagers. Right. We have this sort of cultural like, assumption and people might think that I was doing it when I was talking about how kids go from being a puppy to being a cat. Yeah. But really, we are, you know, when you're in, I don't know if you remember back this far, but with your youngest, you're in the hospital room or even your oldest when mm -hmm. the baby's been born. And one of the first things people say to you is, well, just wait till she's a teenager. Right. Oh, uh, I mean, this kid isn't 13 I'm, hours old. Yeah. And they're I'm, like, wait yeah. till she's 13 years old. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it's the number one thing that irks me because, you know, every time I perform, I sit there and talk about my kids for an hour. So I talk about my little kids and it's like one out of every five people in line is like, you wait till they're teenagers. You just wait. And I'm like, and I am waiting. I'll tell you what, it I'm has been the coolest this. experience of my parenting life to have teenagers. My yeah. old, my youngest is about to turn 12, but I have faith in him too. They are so interesting yeah. and able and they are way more globally aware and socially conscious yeah. and technically adapting and thoughtful than I was, you know, teenagers in the 1980s, maybe we are why teenagers have that rep or maybe it was the sixties. Sure. I don't know who to blame. You're but, right. We were but they're great. And you get, as they get older, every, my, one of my favorite things to congratulate people about is baby's first paycheck. Hmm. because, you know, we're all like, oh, your kid took their first steps. They went first day of school. When they get their first, you know, you get that phone call that's like, hey, dad, what's direct deposit? And yeah. my boss says I should set that up. That's a win. Like yes. all of those teenage milestones are like proof of concept 
for your I, parenting. I, you're right. I had, I had a friend that I grew up with that, that listens, Nate, uh, Nate, uh, who I grew up with from Still Valley. He uh, just posted his son's first paycheck, and that's the first time I ever saw somebody celebrate that. And I was like, "Yeah, hell, dang!" Because like, you know, he's like, I want year old son made six hundred dollars. Right. When I speak, one of the first things I'll ask a group of parents often, mm -hmm. you know, like first words out of my mouth is, "If you could wave a magic wand right now, yeah." What words do you want to be able to use to describe your child 20 years from now? Ooh. Somebody says to you, Aaron, how are they doing? And now your kids are 25 through 32. Right. What's the first word or two? And people give me great words and we talk about it. And I have a reason. I have a word that I always get that I'm looking for and it pushes my next point. But there is always a person, usually a man, back in the room, arms crossed, who says employed. And I endorse that 100% because- yeah. I also want to be able to describe my child as earners. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always, you know, and I, I get scared about that. Let's, let's dig into our psyche. Um, no, I, get, I, get, I sometimes I get scared. It, it's like at my house, we have this balance of everything that daddy does creatively makes money. You know, like I, I try, that's my job. Like my job is, right. it, it, but it is, it is a, um, it's, it's a disconnect, but it's not like my kids, like I've said to my kids, I'm like, daddy has to tell jokes for 30 minutes to pay for this. You know, like, <laughs> like they, and they're like, that does not sound hard. I'll tell you what, my college boyfriend, he grew up in Mount Lebanon and we go over cause I came here to Pittsburgh to go to college, to yeah. go to Carnegie Mellon. So every Sunday night I got invited to Sunday dinner. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, but it was the theater department. So, you know, it wasn't so fancy. Anyway, um, his dad, who created the field of pediatric dental anesthesiology, before him, they didn't put kids to sleep for scary dental procedures, and afterwards they could. Oh. He used to say, if you want to be the best in your field, make it up. And I totally took that to heart. But it puts your kids and my kids in this position of being like, being a grown-up doesn't look so hard. You just do something that's fun, and people will pay you for it. Right. And you're like... Whoa, it might not be that simple. Right. Go work at Baskin Robbins. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, that's so there is that thing where it's like we're um, like talking about my kids being employed. Like, you know, my daughter, you know, super. I'm like looking around. I'm like, you know, because, you know, I don't want to it's I don't want to talk about their life like, you know, like it's ours also. You know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. It's a hard thing. You're totally right. Yeah. But like if you own them. But do you own them? Not I mean, really. I mean, early on my, my daughter's literally like, where's the best school I can go to for math. And we're like, C, you know, and stay at home. And we're like CMU. And she's like, okay, done. Like I'm 11. That's what I, I should warn you that my son, the one who's moving away day after tomorrow said the same thing at 11. He was like, we lived six blocks from Carnegie Mellon. And he's like, I'm going to go there. Cause I want to live at home forever. So that may shift. You mean to Israel? <laughs> uh, well, six, 7,000 miles away yeah. seemed far enough to him. I mean, Crazy. take from that whatever you will. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like sometimes your kids will say like, you know, they'll say something like that. And like we, you know, we look at our oldest and we're like, oh, my gosh, like engineer, mathematician, like she could work for NASA. Right. Mm -hmm. Like she's, she was eight years old doing long division by herself in her room for fun, you know, for fun. Right. That's where, you know, you really got it. So, so weird. That's very foreign to me. That's my wife. My wife's the CFO of the family. I don't get it. Um but like, you know, and we're like, you know, oh, honey, how many jokes do I have to tell to pay for this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And and then I'm like, and then, and then she's like, uh, well, you know, I think being a teacher or like a veterinarian, we were like, no, <laughs> um, you know, like you think about that, but then you're like, you know, then on the other side of things, my, my son, since he's two years old, he's like, I want to be a comedian or a cartoon character. And we're like, no, <laughs> you know, like, so there is that balance. I had this amazing experience that was really enlightening, but not at the time. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was just infuriating. Yeah. I'm 17 years old. I'm a senior in high school. I go to my parents and I say, here's the list of colleges I want to apply to. They all have great theater departments. Mm -hmm. And my dad says, you can't go to college for theater. And I said, you told me I could, my whole life, you told me I could do whatever I wanted as long as it made me happy. And he looked me straight in the eye. And without a trace of irony, he said, I lied. <laughs> I was like, oh. Shock, betrayal, 17-year-old yeah. trauma ensues. Um, you'll note, I did actually go to 
college for theater, but I did also finish in four years in the degree I started in and, and got jobs. So, you right. know, we came to some yeah. sort of middle ground understanding. Is it, is it a point now where like, as a dad, like if you, if you're watching the video, you see me made a face where I'm just like, oh man, he's kind of not wrong. Not wrong. Not wrong. Like he, that was, that's what I mean. Not, no trace of irony. He was like, right. I mean, that seemed like what I was supposed to say at the time, but I a hundred percent did not mean it. Right. And, and I was shocked at the trade. And then having known him pretty well for 17 years was like, oh, but I know what matters to you. And I found a loophole. Hmm. But, um, and that loophole was that I had gotten a free ride to Southwest Missouri State University. Yeah. And my dad wanted me to go to a name school. So I was like, so I'm going for theater, do you want me to go here or any of these schools? Right. Um, in any case. So, you know, be careful of the kids you raise because they really know you as well as you know them. Yeah, yeah that's true. I, You know, like I said, like it's my kids know that like we want them to follow our dreams. I mean, literally, daddy makes people laugh and I have a room covered in Star Wars posters. Things are fine. You know, like like they're like, no, daddy's doing, you know. But they yes. also, I, it is funny that like we we basically realize that like family and parenting is all just, it, it's a game of balance. It's like a balance beam. It's like, it's like a, it's like a seesaw or like, what are those things that like at the circus, there's like a, you know. Oh yeah, there's like a barrel in the middle and you gotta. It's like, and we're your friend and I'm your dad. And like, it's. I'm know, fun and you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, I, I'm thankful that now I'm like just we're just, you know, I'm telling you about our parenting history, but like my, my wife and I, we come from like youth ministry, you know, we come from, my wife worked with kids, you know, children's ministry for a decade, you know, and I worked with teenagers, you know, um, I have a degree in adolescent ministry and counseling. And so like, oh, so don't worry, you will use that degree again, hundred no. percent. And that's the thing. Yeah, I know. No, the thing is, it's like, um, we did learn that balance of working with kids because, you know, you, you know, you, you got to kind of be an authority, but you also are there to like help them and like, you know, help them through, you know, working with kids and their parents and, you know, things like that. And so let me push back on one idea that you said that like balancing yeah. between being their friend and, and being the parent, yeah. you're never their friend. What you, I mm -hmm. think what you mean, tell me if you disagree. What I think what you mean is showing empathy and having boundaries. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Right? So they don't, they don't need you as a friend. Right. Even if they have no friends, they don't need you as a friend. You'll just mess right. them up if you focus on being their friend. And uh, so one of the greatest things about having teens is that sometimes they communicate in memes. Mm. And when my, my kids all have to wait till they're 13 to get social media. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm strongly in the running for meanest mom ever. And I'm not going to let it go now. Here. That's an easy one. That's an easy yeah. box to check to get meanest parent ever. And so he turns 13, he gets on Instagram and he starts sending me memes and in, in our Instagram messaging back and forth. Mm. And he sends me one that says, um, if you raise your kids, you get to spoil your grandkids. But if you spoil your kids, you might have to raise your grandkids. Woo! And I was like, yeah. And I wrote back, yeah. Hell yeah. Like, that's what I'm doing. And, but I really like how that sums it up because it's so tempting to want to be friends with them because you like them so much. Yeah. And it's great. If you like your kids a lot of the time, you're that's wonderful. Yeah, Fantastic. Is it sometimes like I say, like, is it okay that I want my nine-year-old son to be able to drink with me? Like, <laughs> like it is, but you have to wait, right? Yeah. To wait to get two marshmallows if you don't eat one now. And and that delayed gratification is so worth it. You get to hang out with your adult kids and you can be friends with them then. Yeah. If you don't give in to the urge to be friends with them now. Right. Yeah. That makes so much sense. I, 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 you are right. I mean, um, it's a thing where, uh, you know, like I always tell on the, like the discipline side or not discipline, but like that, that, you know, consequences and boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Consequences and boundaries. I like all your keywords. I, for, I don't have any of my counseling keywords anymore. I don't know none of this anymore. Um, I'm just like your kids being an asshole. Um, <laughs> And then you're like, oh, boundaries, consequences, darn. <laughs> yeah. No, I, you know, I, I, my wife and I have a joke that because, you know, she worked with little, little kids and, you know, we would always see like younger kids, like, you know, however, you know, single digit kids. And we'd always say like, you don't, you don't handle this now at four. They're not going to be very fun at 14. 
I had the most amazing experience. I was with my oldest when he was two and we were mm. in New York City visiting somebody and she and I took our two little ones to the playground. And this is a like New York City, you'd, you'd expect to see this in a movie, metal slide, right. tall stairs, concrete underneath, like death trap playground. Kids are having a blast. My two-year-old screws up all his courage, climbs to the very, very top of this slide. I'm, you know, a little ways away, but I see him. He's he's trying to figure out how to do that very complicated maneuver where your legs are on the steps, but you want your butt in front of you and your legs in front of that. Yeah. And that's hard to figure out. So it's taking him a minute. And some other girl that we haven't seen before this moment in our scene rushes up the stairs behind him, doesn't want to wait, and pushes him head over tea kettle down the, down the slide. And I caught it like he bounced off the slide but didn't hit the concrete yeah. and i caught him and i looked at this little girl whom i had never met in my life and said no we don't push and her mother came over out of nowhere i mean might have flown swept this girl up into her arms held her against her chest and looked at me and said we don't use that word and i thought did i swear at that little bee yeah, right. <laughs> right. Like I played it back in my head. Like may, I wanted to, maybe I did yeah. and in my adrenaline soaked moment. And I was like, no, I really didn't. And I must've given this woman a really puzzled look. And she, she goes, she covers the little girl's ear and goes, and I relaxed. I just smiled and I was like, Oh, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I just I was mad. I was because whatever is about to happen in my you know whatever almost happened in my family, things in her family are going to be so much more healthy. Yeah. It's <laughs> almost like like it's like a funny thing that we laugh at as like you know we'll see kids anywhere like that in public, and we be like, no, in ten years they're going to be a blast, you know, like yeah, good luck. And so I'm glad I feel like I'm not wrong about that. You know, it's like it seems like sometimes like we're being hard on our toddler, you know. But we're like, well, I heard a preacher give a sermon years and years ago on Father's mm -hmm. Day. And he talked about how he said most of his arguments with his teenagers, he said, I won when they were three and four and five years old. And he said, it's not that they didn't push back as teenagers. It's just that because of how I'd always raised them, they were not shocked when my rules were still the rules, no matter how they behave. Yes. And right. Oh. So like basically, yeah. So you're setting up this structure where you're saying you can count on me. And most of the parents I know worry the most about the situations that our kids will get into as teenagers when they're like all legs and no brains, right? They're like all reaction and oxytocin and dopamine and no thoughtful judgment, which is developmentally normal. We're worried about their behaviors and we're not wrong. I was just talking to my almost 16 year old last night and saying, you're in the healthiest decade of your life. If you can make it to your second decade of life, this the only things that mostly kill people in their second decade of life are bad luck and bad choices. Yeah. So, right. So we spend so much time talking to them and worrying about the choices that they'll make and the luck that they'll have. So parents say to me, you know, how do I make sure that if my kids ride home from a party is drunk, even though I've said, don't go to that party and don't be drinking, they'll still call and get a ride and not die. And the way that we do that is by showing our kids that they can count on us when the going is rough. And that doesn't mean we'll do what they want or what they ask. It means we'll do what we said we were going to do, mm. even when they're the ones making it rough. Yes. Do you, do you go to Kennywood? Yeah. So I love roller coasters. Yeah. But anybody who's ever been on a real roller coaster, one where like there's a harness or a lap belt that latches, you have this experience, right? You sit down, you put all your stuff in the bin, you sit down, you latch everything, and then you wait for some 16-year-old kid to walk down and check, right? Yeah. And give a thumbs up. And then some 16-year-old up in the controls booth gives a thumbs up and off you go. But every adult, after the kid checks, what do you do? We check. Right, after. And so they've already checked. So are you checking because now you want to bust it open so you can have a really exciting ride? Nope. Right. You're checking to make sure it really, really will hold you. Well, here's an image. That, bad luck. Here's an image that's always helped with my yeah. kids. When I put a boundary around them, they check. They mm. rock it and they push and they pull to see if it will bust open. Mm. Not. It looks like they're doing it to try and open it. But it's yeah. usually not because they're hoping they can bust it open. It's really because they're hoping we can hold them. Yeah. And that they'll be safe. But they but it looks like them trying to get us to change the rule, like they're us trying right. to wear us down. One percent of the time they make an argument and we go, Oh, you know what? You're right. This isn't a reasonable rule in this situation. Mm -hmm. I'll change it. But 99% of the time, we just have to hold. That's what they yeah. want to know. 
Yeah, I you know, I like I I, I keep mentioning my my little one. She's the one who we always, you know, uh, I call her little fire cat. Um, well, that and, seems like one of the nicer things you could say. Yeah, little little fire cat. And my mom is the original. She's the fire cat senior. And my grandmother is the original fire cat. So all these little ladies have tons of fire. And it waited until my third child. And she's the one where um, in that way, like checking the seats, you know, checking the belts. Yeah. We, we always refer to um, Jurassic Park when the Velociraptors were testing the fences. Yes, so, totally. So my little one, every time I go, I go to my wife, I go, she's testing the fences, clever girl. <laughs> like, yeah, she's always testing the fences. Like, how about this? How about, she's the one that likes to test the fences, that likes to shake the harness, you know? Yeah. Um, it's a blast. And, and, and she's the one we're saying like, what else can we do now? So that when, she, now that she's five, that when she's 15, she doesn't make us go crazy. You know, or do something that's really truly damaging because it's so hard to have the energy to be consistent like this when uh, they're younger. Uh, but I swear to you, it pays off when they're older and you put a boundary in place yeah. and they argue with you twice instead of four hundred times. Yes, it's so funny during you know during the pandemic at home, people are like, you know, oh, you're not you're not acting in anything, you're not on the road, you know, doing comedy. What are you busy? What are you so busy with? I'm like finally helping my wife with three kids. Like, you know, uh, yeah. we're able to like paint a room now together, you know, like we're able to do some things that, you know, we can double team this, you know, um, yeah. it's and it. And what you said is being, being consistent is work. Oh, exhausting. So much work. And, you know, one of the things we do say, uh, please Dr. G validate us. Um, one of the yeah, things we say too is like, you know, every once in a while, uh, our kids, our kids will tear up, you know, they'll cry because we're, you know, we're reminding them of the boundaries. See, I'm remembering. There right? you go. Uh, you know, we're reminding them of our boundaries of our, you know, um, and they'll, they'll get upset. And one of the things we say is, we're, look, we love you. I do not want to yell at you, but we're trying to make you a good adult. I, we literally have said that to our kids, like, listen, this is, you know, like when they get attitude or nasty with somebody, we're like, you know, and they're like, whoa, we're like, we, just, we want you to be a good adult. That's why we're correcting this now, you know? And when one of my sons was in first grade, he, I got a call from the principal and it was my first call from the principal. Hmm. And it turns out that in circle time, one of the girls in his classroom had popped up right in front of him. Like he was still sitting and she stood up right in front of him facing the other way. And he drummed on her bottom. <laughs> and I don't think he'd have gotten in trouble if that's all that happened. To her credit, she turned around and pointed at him and said, no. The problem what? is some of the kids in the group laughed, so he did it again. I just laughed. Right. But he did it again yeah. after she said no. Yeah. And he goes to the principal. Principal calls me. It's And you're in Pittsburgh, so you know it was tech fair that weekend, Carnegie Mellon's Carnival that okay, weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I went there. We go every year and Friday after school, and we were all so excited about it. Mm -hmm. And the, when the principal called me, he's like, he's been sitting with me for all of recess. They don't do that anymore, but they did at the time. And he said, and he's been really good. And he didn't cry until I said I was calling you, which I take as a mark of like doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I want him to be afraid to disappoint me. Right. I, I never hit my kids. I will not hit my kids. We know that research is really clear that it's bad for kids. It doesn't teach them the thing you're trying to teach them. Yes. But I want him to be really afraid to disappoint me. He comes mm -hmm. off the bus that day after school. Do I still get to go to carnival? And I said, of course not. And he starts crying. His older brother starts crying. The younger kids are crying. And he sees that I tear up a little bit and he stops yeah. crying and he goes, why are you crying? And I said, cause I'm really sad not to take you to carnival. And he says, so change your mind. <laughs> and I said, um, do you think it's more important to me to bring you to carnival or to raise you to be a man of integrity? Mm. And it's shoulder slump. And he's like the integrity thing. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I have those little talks with my son because, you know, I was, uh, well to everyone, you know, I was, I was my first 10 years of my life almost was in physical abuse. And, oh. uh, and so, you know, I was also just, you know, raised by all women and so my nine-year-old son, I'm always like, you know, 
whether this is, you know, whether who believes what about, you know, whatever, this is my podcast and my family, but you can say whatever you want. Um, but, you know, I want him to be a man of integrity and treat women a certain way and, you know, um, and look out for his sisters and respect. I tell him like, uh, there's stuff where I've said to him that I wouldn't say to my daughters. I'm saying like, Hey, that's my wife. Don't talk to her like that. That's my girl. You know what I mean? Like, that's my queen. You don't, mm-hmm. you don't mess. And he's like, Oh shoot. Like, you know, I like, yeah. you know, or for his little sister, you know, I'll stand up to him. I'm like, does that feel fun? Does that feel fun to get in my, getting me a bit, someone bigger to get in your face? And, you know, I was like, dude, don't use your intimidation and your like, and it makes me feel good. It's, it's, he's, he's kind of like, Oh, Oh my, you know, but he yeah. gets it. And I, I'm like, I want him to be a good man. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, the thing is we should teach our kids to speak respectfully to others for a couple of reasons. One mm-hmm. is they should speak, learn to speak respectfully to others. Also, they should know what love does and doesn't look like because mm-hmm. what you never want is to walk into their house when they're an adult mm-hmm. and hear their partner or someone in their life speaking of them that way. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's always just, I, I guess, I don't know why you think about so much is just like, maybe because it's the world we live in, you know, it's like, we want you so badly to be good adults. Like you may be the only chance. <laughs> like there's sometimes we're like, what's that know, Star Wars line? You're our last hope. <laughs> yeah. Help me Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. That's it. Uh, yeah. As I look, there's the Star Wars wall. <laughs> I thought you might get the reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah, you're right. You know, you think about, I feel like has every generation of parent, at least in the last, you know, I would say, you know, in the last, I don't know, 60, 70 years, um, would that be like modern parents, like our parents and grandparents? I think we we reached, have we reached an age where we're like, we hope they're going to survive the next 50 years. You know what I mean? Listen, in, if you want to look at it in historical perspective, that's a luxury because our great grandparents hoped that their kids would survive childhood. Right. So that's progress. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We'll be okay. Yeah. I yeah. guess you're right. But I guess, I guess thinking like, like our parents, you know, thinking like, you know, our parents growing up during, you know, the fifties and sixties and seventies and thinking like, Oh boy, I hope the eighties and nineties or two thousands are better for our kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's and in a lot of ways point. they are. It is safer to be a kid in America um, than, than it has been since 1957. Ever. So, <laughs> right. I mean, in a lot of ways, things have gotten a lot better. And one of the things right. that I think that we forget as parents is that the difficulties that we're facing, especially in 2020, the difficulties right. that we're facing and our kids are facing with back to school questions and everything that's happening is that this will train them in a way we didn't get to learn Right. what what it takes to get through serious upheaval and uncertainty. And our kids have us guiding them and just keeping an eye on them to know if they're not okay Mm. while they navigate this. Whereas many of us for the first time are dealing with this level of upheaval and uncertainty and we're wishing we had somebody to guide us. Right. So this is going to, because everyone in their life goes through major upheaval and uncertainty, whether it's job loss or divorce or illness or moving or deployment or whatever it is, we will all, we know that our kids will face upheaval and uncertainty on a personal level, on a family level, even on a community level. So right now we get to help them. And one of the things that I've been working with parents and educators about is the 2020, 2021 school year might not be for major academic advancement, but it could be major mental health strengthening, resilience building, communication, accountability, health awareness. Like they could learn so many amazing things this year and come out of it stronger people than if we've never experienced this. All that you just said, like it, it, it really, you, as you said that it warmed my heart because it's literally all the topics my wife and I have been focusing on, like having those real conversations about, about health and literally you cannot, if you want to raise intelligent kids and, um, you know, accountable kids, kids who can say what's right or wrong or in the world and themselves. I don't know. Like, correct me, please. I like, you know, we're telling them like, what's going on? Black lives matter. You know, like we're like, I'm telling, we're telling our nine-year-old, you know, um, why people are, you know, our five-year-old that people are sick and, you know, it's, 
it is, it has been like the closest time ever for our family because we are so in, you know, contact and connected constantly. Yeah. So it's just, and we're, my wife and I, like, you know, I'm a comedian who says everything, you know, so we're just like that. We talk Comedians about Comedians are known for having a lot of filters. So yeah. <laughs> I, did, I have a lot of filters, but then again, there's not much garbage that comes out. So I'm okay. So obviously it's all gems. Yeah, I wait until I'm in front of an audience of adults to swear about my kids. That's about as crazy as I get. That's a good line. Yeah, no, that's really, that's what I, let, like, okay, sidebar, because we'll just talk in post-it notes, and I'm on my second coffee now, so it's getting real. Um, yeah, like, I, I literally tell people, like, when I get hired for, you know, corporate or whatever, you do a lot of public speaking, you know, and I just tell them, they're like, so is it like PG? And I'm like, we're in a room of adults. What? Like I want to, like I'm going to come here so I can call my five-year-old an asshole to you. And I hope that a group of adults doesn't need parental guidance. I know. <laughs> it's always so funny to me when adults are like, "Can you like not say ass?" I'm like, "What? Where are you from? Like, why is that?" Anyway, Do not know what it means. Should I bring pictures? <laughs> I know it's here nor there, but like, uh, uh, what were we talking about? See, post-it note, and then I lost it. <laughs> All the stress that parents are feeling about this year and back to school yeah, yeah. and I, how it, it does not have to be as um, fraught as we're making it. The, it's important right. for sure. But like like you, like you I said when I was talking about why I appreciate your work so much, it's important, but it doesn't have to be quite as serious right. as we're making it. Right. Absolutely. Like, you know, I, don't, I never want to take like life too seriously or myself, you know, anything yeah. um, because, you know it's hard to take uh, something like what I do and like, Oh, this and that, and it's cool. And this is, I'm like, I'm, I'm literally a fat dad from Pittsburgh who jokes about my kids. Like there, there ain't nothing special about this. You know what I mean? I just didn't want the responsibility of like doctor or pastor. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. I get that. <laughs> yeah. My, I know because my best friend is, and she's a national sales director for a toy company and people will call her flipping out. And it was supposed to be a Friday and it's not getting to Monday. And she's like, okay, I want to help you. But I also want to encourage you to take a breath. She'll say, my best friend's a doctor. And when she messes up, people can die. Nobody's going to die if you don't have that end cap on Saturday. Right. So, Yeah, exactly. I don't want any of that responsibility. I'm like, how can I still make people laugh and speak in public, but also have no moral responsibility to anybody? Nobody <laughs> dies. That's, yeah, know, right? that's, the, that's the bar. Nobody dies. That's what it is. So if you ever want to drop your drop your title, just start being funny in front of your crowds more, and that's it. You'll be fine. No, for most people, that sounds more terrifying than anything that I could. Do. I know. <laughs> I um, I uh, no. I wanted to ask you about that because you know one of the things that uh, you know, everybody loves memes and headlines, and you know, uh, and but one of the things that um that you focus so much now on is resilience. And, you know, when you, you, you wrote a thing that says, do stress better, be resilient. And that I, I, I kind of laughed at you uh, talking to you before the, before the podcast. Like I, I relate to that so well because my whole life has been kind of just finding resilience to better my, like, and then better myself based on struggles I've had and just move on. I don't know if that's so like, I'm like, yes, yes. And yes. But when you talk about that with like, go ahead, go ahead. What I wanted to say is that we have accepted in the last number of years in our society, this idea that stress is a toxin, hmm. that it's poisonous. And it's not actually, hmm. it's a tool. Yeah, uh, I disagree with that. Right. And it can be awful. You can just like exercise. Um, you know, if I told you that walking up one flight of stairs to record this with you today, I got out of breath. You might right. be too nice to say it because we're Pittsburghers, but you know what I need. I need right. exercise. Because exercise, although super unpleasant to experience often, makes your body more fit, right? And makes your body healthier. In the same way, stress, although super unpleasant to experience, actually makes you mentally healthier and more resilient. And just like if I got up and I tried to run an Ironman triathlon, I could die. I'm not ready. (laughs) You know, people have died doing that and I could be one of them. In the same way, if I experience too much stress from too many different directions, without enough support, without the tools and the strategies I need, it can be damaging for life. But if I want to be able to handle more five years from now, or I want my kids to be able to handle more five years from now than they can right now, they've got to train up. And 
we actually can use stress in our lives, in our employees' lives, in our mm. kids' lives with empathy to get stronger and do the stress better. So that just like if I was training for that marathon, right. you know, you got to hope that six months from now running a mile wouldn't feel like a big deal. Yeah. But I get, I can tell you that right now running a mile would feel like I almost died. Right. In that same way, if I train up, the level of stress that right now feels overwhelming would feel like not that big a deal. And I right. could do it easier and better. Yeah. I always, I always struggle with that because I literally, I, I went and got this quote cause it's the background of my laptop because you know, at one point or another, I try to be athletic and work out a bunch, but it's over now. Um, literally this is like, I'm, I'm putting this on the screen. It's, it's one of my favorite quotes ever from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Strength does not come from winning. Your struggles develop your strengths. When you go through hardships and decide not to surrender, that is strength. I love that. I love that. I feel like because my mom, I told you, you know, I came from abuse and my mom never was like whine about it, cry about it, you know, you know, use it and be better. Like, you know, you know, figure it out, you know. Now, a major plus moving from being kids in the 80s to being kids in the 2010s or 2020s is that we can say to kids, I know we should go ahead and cry. Yeah. Let me hold you. And now how are you going to use it? Right. We can have, we don't feel sure. like having empathy means that we are endorsing a right. worldview that says that everything's terrible. Right. We shouldn't have rules for our kids feelings, hmm. but we should have rules for their behavior. Right. And for ourselves, there are no limits on our really feelings. Let, but they're, I mean, let me say that. I want to say that again. It's so there's no rules. Say that again. There's no rules on feelings. Right. But there are rules about behavior. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm high fiving and also Baptist approval. Um, nice. Yeah. I had someone come up to me after a talk, and you know, as people might have guessed earlier in the conversation, I'm Jewish, and yeah. somebody came up to me after a, a big corporate talk for a whole bunch of power grid companies, and they said, if there had been an altar call, I'd have been up there. And yeah. I tell from his facial expression that this was a compliment, but I did not know what it meant. <laughs> yes. Yeah, evangelical. This, the, yeah, that I totally get that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that would be the equivalent. Is like I said, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> was you're that like, right? your, your talk was so inspiring. I want a bar mitzvah myself now. I don't know. Right. Don't yeah, know. there's not. I have a circumcision. No, that's not it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> your speech was so good. I want to get circumcised now. <laughs> right. Ritual sir. No, that's nobody ever says that. Uh. <laughs> I uh no um. But going back to let's transition from circumcision <laughs> to kids going to school, um, right? Uh, which is actually going to take longer and be more painful. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I I thought it was interesting because you've been talking so much. Like I, you know, I want to laugh with you, and we've done a lot of like giggling and stuff. But like, I was I told my wife I was like the last thing I want to hit up Dr. Deb about Dr. G. Sorry, Dr. Deb for friends. Um, like is like school. Like what? But you really. I literally, as, as I'm like digging into your stuff more, I'm like, oh, she's covering this. Like, like talking about um, some of the things that kids can do, you know, to prepare for the school year or not the school year. You know what I mean? Like you have like all these resources and I'm not, this is not like, uh, this is, yeah, hashtag ad. I don't care because I trust you and I love everything you, you, you say and do. So like you kind of like laid out a plan and it's fascinating. I do because, you know, I've had some people say to me, well, I, you know, it might be different where you live than where I live. Here's right. what I want to say. It's going to be different where I live to where I live and different where you live to where you live. Meaning right. there is there is no one path that any mm-hmm. school or any family is going to follow this year. And right. that actually can be good news because right. you're not obligated to know August 15th or September 1st what your whole year is going to look like. Right. You're going to try things. Mm. See what works for your kid, what works for your job, what works for your family, what works for your brain space and your bandwidth and your health and adjust. And that pattern, that strategy of trying something, seeing what works, keep what works and ditch what doesn't and try something else. That's resilience. Yeah. Uh, What all of us do when we experience change is first we experience loss and distrust Mm. and discomfort. And then we remember, even even with that change, we have choices. My mom of blessed memory used to say, if you're still breathing, you have options. You may Mm. not like any of them, but Mm. you have options. Mm. And even if you only have options in your attitude or your behavior or your purpose, there are some things you can always control. And so when everything feels out of control, 
what I did is I created a bundle of resources to help parents with the things that we are most worried about, our kids' mental health, their physical safety, our family's health and safety, our own mental health, um, screen time and yeah. talking to their teachers and communication, like they're being ready for the next, their social life. I hit these nine pain points that we all have right. and talk about how to frame them for yourself and for your family, no matter what changes around you, no matter what category five hurricane of craziness we're caught in for this whole school year, what are you and your family going to try? And right. when that doesn't work, what do you, or when everything shifts, what are you going to do next? Right. I, you're absolutely right. And not that I have to say that because it's true. Uh, no, like really nice to hear. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know you've been holed up with four, four teenage boys. I'm sure you hear. You rarely say you're so right. Yeah. <laughs> Deborah, you are absolutely um, right. You're so right. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just I just hear that all day. Words to fall asleep by. <laughs> Mom, you were right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, you're you're right. You are right. Um, it's because like I you know, you see a lot of people, not that please, I cannot even I can't even my heart cannot even stand to even talk about more about what people think about going back to school, you know, whatever. But I think your point is just hitting people where we're be where we even start to feel, you know, anxiety about this whole situation that you would see people, you know, on social media, like, you know, how dare you send your kids, want to send your kids back or, or how, oh, uh, it's really nice that people can sit at home with their kids and teach them school. And, you know, and we kind of like step back and said, it kind of exactly what you were saying that we, that we, uh, that we, you know, uh, that we forget is that everybody is different, you know? And I explained to my kids how, it's so like we are so lucky and blessed those together lucky and blessed that we're at a point where we can both be at home with our kids you know it sucks you know it sucks like i want to go to work you know we want to go back to work you know but it is what it is you know <laughs> that's a great line to say right now right <laughs> um, oh yeah that's a whole other thing but, but, but also we're in this situation of really being able to point out so easily to our kids you hmm. don't even know what you don't know about other people right you know and and you know other parents are like you know we have to go back to work and we don't know what to do with it we get that and we empathize with that and so like um i'm thankful that you know our school districts and other school districts have like options and it's, mm -hmm. it's so helpful when other friends of ours they're like nope School says come back and that's that. And they're 10 minutes away, you know, so it's hard. Everybody's dealing with that. But like, I appreciate you putting time, like, and I'm not, you know, I appreciate you putting the time in to have something like that, that kind of meets everybody where they are. You know, I think the best advice and help to start with is just meeting someone where they are. You know what I mean? Like you're an expert in, you know, I'm a parenting expert, right? I'm an expert in my four kids. You're an expert in your three kids. Everybody's right. an expert in the kids in their mm. own lives. What I have for people are strategies because mm. as a family doctor, I take care of hundreds and hundreds of families. So if you're struggling with something, I might know a strategy you haven't tried yet. You'll right. know if it has a chance of working in your house. Right. And so I always try and present a range of strategies because some wouldn't work for your personality. Some right might be great for you, but your fire cat would be like, uh, no. Yeah. You know, so you've got to, you've got to use your expertise and try different things. Right, right, right. No, uh, th this is awesome. I, I want to, I want to talk to you more. I feel like we could do a whole podcast, just us, uh, of being silly parents. Um, that maybe people would want to listen to, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. You give so much credence to this, that this might be my highest listened or viewed podcast. Cause they were like, somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> hey, it only took over 200 episodes to have, you know, someone who actually knows what they're talking about parenting. Um, because none of my friends have none. We're all just trying to figure it out. We're all, com all comedians, actors, we're idiots. So, um, I, I, and I didn't even get a chance to talk to you. Like, I, I want to let you go because we both literally have to go to work and parenting. Deborah, Dr. G, thank you so much. Friend, th this was so fun. I feel like I owe you uh, an hour consult fee. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to talk to you again. Thank you so much. Really. Let's do it again. This has been a blast, Aaron. I appreciate it. Hey, where where can people find, uh, I think it's askdrg.com? Yeah, that's it. It's really that easy. And there's a contact on there. So if you want the back to school resources or any of the other stuff we talked about, I hope that you'll just um, 
Easiest thing is to get on my website, AskDrG.com, or email me. But this is a spelling test because it's DRG, you know, Dr. G, DRG, at ask, spell out the word doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R-G.com. Boom. I'm going to put that on the screen for everybody. I'll make sure it's all in all the show notes. People can find Dr. G, amazing resource, uh, very fun doctor friend to know. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hey, you Have know a great what? Day, everybody. Thank you. I tell everybody, uh, conquer your day. Yes. I love it. Thanks, Dr. G. Bye. Bye.